0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. This past week, we spoke to Brian Stern, the co-founder of Project Dynamo. He's an Army and Navy veteran as well. He and his team, some of whom are also former military, work to extract American citizens and green card holders out of war zones. They did it in Afghanistan last fall, and they're doing it in Ukraine now. Though Stern told us in this case, the focus is not on Americans only. He says so many people need help. While millions of Ukrainians have fled to other countries, some are trapped in conflict zones or areas where the infrastructure is destroyed. Stern says if he can, he and his team work to get those people out. Incredibly, a lot of his work in Ukraine has been rescuing newborn babies, some of them born prematurely. The logistics and technical aspects, the paperwork, negotiating Russian troops and getting money, all of it's been an uphill battle. And that's an understatement. We often have to cut interviews down for time during the week, but we thought you would like to hear this full interview. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Now here's Brian Stern on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Hi, Brian. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you, Jessica. How are you?
0: Hey, good. How are you?
1: Good. Good. Um, are, you, it's another, are you in... Where day, are you right day. now? I'm, uh, on my, I'm uh, west of Zaporizhia. I'm on my way there now. We got stuck with wow. uh, gasoline, with uh, diesel problems.
0: I, uh, so I have a lot of questions, as you might imagine. I'm sure every reporter who gets you for even a minute thinks that you know, they can you know, unpack you so you tell me if you've got like a hard out time or if you need to go um i don't know what your time frame is uh I,
1: i'm i'm good uh i'm good i'm actually okay. uh, it's unprecedented i'm actually a little bit ahead of schedule i've got <laughs> a good 20 minutes i think until uh dinner closes so that's uh, that's uh okay well uh, that's my that's my heart stop, so i don't starve tonight
0: <laughs> brian then let's dive in because we need you to eat um Give me your name and the title you want us to use for the podcast.
1: Uh, Brian Stern, co-founder, of Project Dynamo.
0: And you're former military, or you're a veteran.
1: I am. Yep, I was in the army and the navy.
0: Okay. What are you, I guess, doing right now? Like, who are you working to save at this moment?
1: Uh, we, uh, well, here at Project Dynamo, we're um, we're um, always really busy. We we never have one thing going on. We've rescued uh over 1100 people in the last whatever 100 days or whatever it's been so um i'm uh i'm working three concurrent operations at the same time in the east while one of my well part of my team is working three or four
0: operations kind of back to back in the west are these families Are these individuals
1: yeah uh so we have uh we have some americans that are trapped uh in occupied territory they can't get out we have uh, we're doing evacuations at a, at a Mariupol. We've done 480 people. We've evacuated 480 people from Mariupol in the last four days. So uh, wow. we think we can get another 200 or 300, which is awesome because the mighty Red Cross only got about 150 out. So uh, it's kind of nice to uh, kind of cool to be able to uh, trump the uh, trump the mighty Red Cross, you know. Um, but I love I like the Red Cross, but but. You know, now that I'm competing a little bit it's, uh, with them, it's cool. Uh, and then we have hey, a bunch of surrogates. Go ahead.
0: If it's a competition to save, I mean, that's a, it's a, it's a good competition. Yeah,
1: right? Like if, uh, uh, you know, it's, everyone's working really hard. Uh, and then we also have some surrogate right. babies uh, from Brazil, America, England, and I think Italy that, uh, that we're also evacuating in the next week at the same time.
0: I want to talk about babies in a second because I know you've done some extremely harrowing and heroic work on the on the baby front but um talk to me about Mariupol have you I, it sounds like you've seen the town I I understand more than 20,000 people have been killed there I mean it, it, what what have you seen what it, what is it like there
1: The the best way to describe Mariupol um the the the, the most effective way to describe it is uh, especially for New Yorkers, it, it, it looks like ground zero after 9-11. That's the best way to describe it, where it's wow. piles of piles of buildings, shells of buildings, lots of um, lots of dead people, lots of people um, suffering, lots of tears, lots of uh, unknown, lots of confusion and take all that 9-11 stuff and just multiply it by 10 or 20. And that's Mariupol. That's the best way to think about it.
0: We know in Mariupol um, there was this big effort to get the soldiers, even families, out of that steel plant for, for a while. I understand there was some success there with a the humanitarian corridor. Um, but have you or your people run into Russian soldiers and have you had to get creative? Have they ever tried to stop you or harm you as you're rescuing people?
1: Yeah, so our 480 folks that we got out was 30 uh, don't quote me on the numbers is uh, over 30 individual operations and those 30 operations collectively collectively uh had to negotiate just just under just over 900 russian checkpoints. So that some of them take 3 or 4 days to negotiate. So um oh wow you know it, 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 there are Russian soldiers and tanks and stuff. It's it's Russian occupied territory. So there's there's you know there's there's Russians everywhere from Mariupol to the border. You it's, focus it's,
0: on American citizens and yeah, go on. me.
1: no, no, yeah, no. We uh, just to answer your question, we we uh, we we don't really distinguish right a life is a life is a life we we um we tend when Americans are in trouble we tend to hear about those we tend to hear about those because we're an Ameri- we're all American we're an American rescue organization but the vast majority the people that we rescued are Ukrainian uh, the the vast majority 85% or more hmm. if i go off the numbers so uh, of the 480 that we just got in Mariupol, every single one of those are uh, i th- well there's no Americans there i can tell you that much they're they're either 99.9% Ukrainian or 100% Ukrainian. There might be a straggler in there, too, that I'm not aware of. But um, but we don't – I Russian artillery doesn't seem to care about passports, and Russian tanks and troops don't seem to care about passports. Uh, Karillo Alexandrov, this uh, American citizen that we rescued uh, two weeks ago now, almost three weeks ago now, um, who was arrested for espionage, he hit him and his wife for the first victims of war crimes that are Americans that have lived, that are alive since World War II. Russians didn't seem to care that he was an American. So because the Russians don't care about passports, we don't care about passports either, frankly. So if you are in need and you're in a bad spot and I can get to you and I have the resources to do it, I have no problem rescuing anybody. I don't care where they're from. Uh, we We are donor funded. We, and we need financial help real bad, though, the, I will say. we the, These things are crazy. Uh, these things are very expensive and they're very hard. And uh, we need donations and we need donations very badly. Uh, ProjectDynamo.org, shameless plug. I've I've left my pride on the table a long time ago.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, for this kind of work, do it. Um, when you said you, it, sometimes it takes three to four days to negotiate a checkpoint, um, talk to me a little bit more about uh, I guess the fear level, I'm sure the people you're rescuing are already terrified, but for you guys, um, as you're talking to Russian military, um, how do you, how do you feel in those moments and do, does it ever get dicey? Are you ever like, Oh my gosh, we're probably not going to get out of here.
1: Yeah, we, uh, I, uh, just for media purposes, I don't really get into our interactions with any of these Got folks. It. What I will say is, is they sent the guy to, they sent the guy to kill me. Uh, on May eleventh uh at a pickup that we did. So um to suffice it to say that that um it's dangerous is is all uh, it is dangerous. It is scary. Got we've it. um we've taken artillery fire. We've had a couple of really, really really close calls out here um in um in the contested areas and even in the Ukrainian areas to be frank. So uh it is it is Ukraine is an active war zone. It just is no no matter where you are in the country in the occupied areas in the contested areas or in the Ukrainian held territory it it is a war zone a ukrainian checkpoint are armed with guys with machine guns who are looking for bad guys and they will kill you where you stand if you do the wrong thing they will and that's okay they're a, a country at war so that's appropriate right but uh, but it it is a war zone uh, no there's no complete with everything that war zones have Although there's, there's landmines, there's artillery, there's missiles, there's spies, there's saboteurs, there's hitmen, there's criminal stuff. There's all kinds of things here that are very, 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 very complicated.
0: Are you like on Telegram and WhatsApp? How do people get a hold of you and say, hey, Brian, can you come save me?
1: Yeah, we're we're on everything. So I have a team of case managers uh, who are the real unsung heroes of Project Dynamo. These are, uh, we're all volunteers. Uh, everyone, um, the, the uh, um, uh, I, I'm not paid. I don't have a salary yet. We're working on that. But to, to, to date, we haven't figured out a way to make, uh, how to figure, we haven't figured out a way to pay ourselves yet. Um, so uh, again, from a donation wow. perspective, every dollar goes to an operation. So t- 10 months without a paycheck. Um, so, um, people find us through our website. People find us through social media. People find us through media like Fox. Um, uh, they go to the website, they register or they call, or they find us through uh, telegram or Viber or WhatsApp groups or all kinds of different ways. A lot of referrals. Uh, there's a lot of scam groups out here that, you know, such a deal I have for you. Yeah. Send me $10,000 and I'll get you out of Mariupol. You send them 10 grand. They keep your money and they disappear. We don't do that. We don't charge anybody money nobody i'm not a bus service if you are fleeing your home i'm not going to charge money to leave uh if you have the means to make a donation by all means if you don't that's cool too so um we, we've always been that way even in, in, in even in afghanistan when we were landing airbus a320s we were that way also we never charged it, it never made any sense to me when people charge people fleeing money i just never really I never really sat well with me for me personally Listen
2: to the all-new Brett Baier podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Baier favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Speaking of Afghanistan, that's, uh, I think, when I first heard about Project Dynamo, I think many of us did. Um, I want your thoughts. Just take us back to the fall of, you know, 2021 or really the late summer. When the Biden administration was saying, you know, oh, there are like, you know, some odd hundred Americans left, were you like, that's not true, or like, what were you situationally aware of as well, things were I, falling I, apart there?
1: So, so oddly, uh, it was General, um, it was General Austin, Secretary of Defense Austin, General Austin, and uh, Secretary of State Blinken that were testifying before her. they were testifying on the Hill is where those numbers came from. That's where that big soundbite came from. That was September uh 17th and uh two and a half days later we delivered 122 to chicago so uh <laughs> wow. we we were unaware that that's what they had said so uh we got beat up a little bit because they said yeah about 100 americans then we showed up with 122 and it kind of messed up their uh messed up their talking points a little bit i didn't mean it but um uh, <laughs> so um uh we we one of the as far as Afghanistan goes. We uh, we have not pivoted to Ukraine. We expanded. We're actually still doing things in Afghanistan. We did an Afghanistan operation last week. We have a few more Afghanistan operations coming up in the next 10 days. So we we um, what operations
0: are you you who are you taking out? Who are you helping? uh,
1: uh, These are people um, who are at risk, at risk of being killed by the Taliban is what I'll say. Um, they're not here yet so I'm a little squeamish about disclosing who they are and, and yeah. that whole thing but um the nine, 95% of the people that we've pulled out of Afghanistan have been american citizens or green card holders meaning lawful permanent residents they they can they live they have businesses in america they go to school here they live here all that stuff they're not refugees they're they they got stuck in Afghanistan after the military left and couldn't get and couldn't get out. That's the vast majority of the people that we pulled out of Afghanistan. That said, there's a few uh, other folks, what we call uh, Project Nomad, uh, Operation Nomad is what we call it internally. And these are folks that were of definite value due to their position or their service. Uh, like diplomats mm-hmm. or um, very senior intelligence officers and that kind of thing, um, uh, that we've also assisted uh, in getting out as well.
0: So, yeah, Afghanistan. But- I feel like I could talk to you about that whole situation for a long time in and of itself, given the humanitarian crisis, the food shortages, the the mass starvation that everybody is supposedly facing there. Um, the the women and girls who you know can't go to school if they're over a certain age. I mean it. I, I don't know. Well, I'm sure you, you get outreach from people in Afghanistan all the time. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Of course. I mean, we, our, our first big, we, we, uh, we got to the Northern border, August 20th or so. Um, when everybody was looking at Kabul, we went to the North where nobody was. That's kind of, that's always the way Dynamo has been. If there's a lot of resources somewhere, we don't go there. So we went to the North, uh, early on. Mm. Um, and um, we were there all through the closing of Kabul or the, 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 the leaving of the military, U.S. military from Kabul. We were there for the whole thing. Our big our first big monster operation that we did was in September. So the military leaves, you know, August 31st or, or 30th, actually. Uh, we right. do our big thing on the 17th or 18th or 19th of September. So that's fine. But we did another we, we've done a number of operations after that, including one in January which is fine, but that January operation is still with American citizens and green card holders. That means that they've been on the run for about five months. That's a long time. That's a long time to have an American passport in your pocket and not get caught. So the folks in September that we got out were a large group, a huge group of literally a giant plane load. But the reality is, is they were only in trouble for a couple of weeks. You know, they were all trying to get out from July or so, tried to get through through all, during August. They get left behind. OK, we come in, we take them out in September and then they're home and happening. Not exactly a pleasant experience, but but um, but not terrible either. Right. Scary, scary in that transitional period. The folks that we pulled out in December and January, they've been on the run since August. Or longer. Wow. And uh, the, those stories are, are um, truly just just every single one of them is, is blood curdling pretty much. I mean, there, there are some pretty dire circumstances there. So um, the idea that there were people still there in January is what I would say was a big um, uh, challenge.
0: Brian, if people don't know you from Afghanistan, they might know you from those articles out of Ukraine when you and your team rescued three premature babies, including twins. Uh, the girl yeah. Sophia went to a British couple. The boys Lenny and Moishe went to a couple in Chicago. Um, this, these were babies uh, apparently born to surrogates. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I know is a big business in Ukraine. Uh, that must have been insane. I know you've talked about it uh, to other outlets. Uh, the logistics uh, of doing that, but. Tell me a little bit about like the surrogacy work that you're doing to save babies. These are babies who are born to Ukrainian women, but by their surrogacy paperwork, they're citizens of other countries.
1: Correct. Yeah. So it's the surrogate. So Lenny and Moisha Spector and baby Sophia, the bread, um, From a uh, blood pressure perspective, I've seen a lot of crazy things. I've been through. I've had a lot of crazy experiences in my career and my life, and I will tell you, I uh, when that was over, I slept for like three days. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure. You know, moving you know moving premature babies from you know from from NYU to Lenox Hill in New York is stressful. And then doing it in a foreign country is even more stress, and then in a war zone is even more stress and um that both we both ba- both sets the boys and, and baby Sophia were at different hospitals and we took artillery that the ground was shaking at both locations so uh, from our from russian artillery and then we had to drive across the entire country this was early days in the war, so uh it was a um uh, a, a mad dash to the border with with three very 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 ill ill babies, all of whom yeah, survived. Sure. All of yeah, I mean they're 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 on incubators, feeding tubes, uh, wow. ventilators, the whole thing. So um, scary. One of them like it um, a lot of stress there. So um, uh, we've been doing baby operations ever since then uh multiple times a week. We've done, I want to say 40 of them or so. Wow. Give or take. Give or take. So um the thing with this so I that was my first exposure to surrogacy as a uh technique or or, or as a me, as a way to make a family. Uh and what you learn through this is that most people that or not most, pretty much all Uh, Of people who who are using a surrogate to make a family, they've they've been. This is the end of a seven or eight or nine year process. They tried the the natural way that didn't work. They tried rounds of IVF that didn't work, and it's usually the last step before adoption. So, so and they start this process about a year to a year and a half in advance. So when these people started, you know, started their surrogacy journey in Ukraine, the war wasn't here yet. So imagine eight years of trying to make a baby and it doesn't work. Finally, you figure out a way to do it with a surrogate. The sperm and the egg, they make an embryo and the, the surrogate accepts it, which is a whole big process by itself. A lot of science and a lot of failure It doesn't always work all kinds of problems and finally it's working and finally she's pregnant and finally oh wow we're gonna be parents and it's gonna be wonderful and good news vladimir putin invades the place where your surrogate lives yeah that's pretty and and to insult to injury there's no u.s embassy here so you can't get your baby a passport easily so how do you get a baby across the border how does that work um and we do it we we do it day in and day out so i could tell you there's a way but it is very 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 complicated the tactical execution is just as complicated as the administrative process to do these operations and again they're just they're very expensive if you like babies and you think you know you can get behind babies, please donate money to project. <laughs> it's, it's, it's money.
0: It's like that easy. Brian, I tell everyone. I, I know I only <laughs> have you for like I know I only have you for like one more minute and I have a million questions and most of them are like about logistics and technicalities because they're fa- that's fascinating. I think like how do you guys do this stuff? But I'll end with this. I read that the U.S. barred a flight out of Kabul with people you had on board who you'd rescued. I think it was last September, um, and you were like on the phone, sort of trying to like manage this. How, talk to us about briefly about your relationship with the U.S. government, and does your team vet anyone's documents? Like how? What? It, I'm, I'm sure that people are confused, and maybe some are even suspicious. Like, who are you bringing over? I mean, how do you negotiate yeah. with the U.S. government? What's your relationship like with them?
1: So we we we've had a uh, complicated relationship with the U.S. government. We love we love them. They don't. Um, they sometimes like us. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> uh, we, but we like them. We do. Uh, we we work hand in hand with state every single day. And I'll tell you that the consular officers that we work with are as patriotic as me. They're uh, um, they're they're hamstrung by policies that are not up to them that are up to them. So a lot of them want to do more and they can't. So the the institution sometimes doesn't let them support as much as they want to Um, having said, as far as vetting, uh, as far as vetting people, it's in Afghanistan, It's one of the reasons why we focus on Americans and green card holders is because it's very easy to vet them. I send a list to the state department and to, uh, and to Homeland security. And they tell me yes, no, maybe so. They tell me, you know, um, if somebody is, not good they won't tell me why they're not good but they'll say that this person got isn't going to make it through information and customs and we say got it no problem and we don't fly them and that's okay so i don't i don't um fight them or anything like that you know but we do with americans that we're bringing anyone that we're bringing to america the state department knows homeland security knows we telegraph our moves very loudly and proudly and, um, and our relationship with state has definitely evolved over time. At first, it was a little complicated. They, um, um, they probably didn't like us a whole lot because we broke a lot of China. We did things that were, were Dynamo is cool because we're the first of so many things. So whenever you're the first and you're paving the way, it makes government and bureaucracy incredibly uncomfortable. That's not because they're bad. It's just because it's bureaucracy, and that's okay. We're, that's that's fine. But we work. Uh, we have a really, really, really good relationship with U.S. Embassy Warsaw, and uh, U.S. Embassy Kiev, and State Department, Maine, in Washington D.C. We we um we, they they help us out all the time. They do. They do. Whenever they can, they do. I, I will say, whenever they can.
0: Brian Stern, co-founder of Project Dynamo. Thank you so much for your time and for the work that you do. Um, it's incredible. Thank you, sir.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up to the minute news, go to foxnews.com. Precise personal powerful it's america's weather team in the palm of your hands get fox weather updates throughout your busy day every day subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts